Amen. Good morning. Wow, that was great. I loved it. It was great worship time. I really, those were neat. I, some of those songs I'd never heard before. It was really, it was really good. Um, so my name is Victor Hartsfield. I am a missionary. Hang on, I'm trying to get my clock set so that I don't, at least I can track how long I stay. You, you do understand when a preacher sets his watch, right, what that means? Nothing, right? right? It's, just, it's just so that we can track it and you can see and all that stuff. I'm going to try not to do that really. But, so I'm, I'm, my wife is, um, she's usually with me. She's in Florida. Uh, visiting her sister as well as visiting some other supporters down there, and so we kind of had to split it apart. I was up in in Desark, Arkansas. My best friends in Desark, and so I was there for a few days, and then some here. And looking forward to this, I've been able to be here several times. Jared's had us come and preach a few times and speak. So this morning we got to talk about our the mission work. This morning, um, I've got some. If you if you're interested, there's we do newsletters, and so if you wanted to, if you wanted to be a part of the newsletter, get a newsletter, just fill out the form, give me your address. I mean, not your address, your email address, and your I mean, you can give me bank bank stuff too if you want to. That's that's feel free to do that. Anything you want to do, but uh, so your name and and email, and put you on the newsletter, and then there's a, we got a prayer card out there. So if just remember to pray for us. That would be a great thing if you want to do that. We also um, have I noticed. A lot of them have, have already been gone. Some of the kids took some, it looks like. That's perfect. It's the Khmer. So in, in Cambodia, they use the dollar. Their, their currency is called a real. So it's the Khmer real. And so this is 100 real is worth 2.5 pennies. So it's, it looks impressive. It's 100. Somebody looked at it and said, oh, $100. And I was like, well, not quite, right? So, but if you would get that, that would be a great thing if you're, if you're interested in that. But please sign up for the prayer, the the um the newsletter. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. So it was cool um, getting to, to hear the singing, and, and I also love, I love the simplicity of the platform. I know you're not probably supposed to say that, but I love the simplicity. There's nothing up here but the stuff. I love that. That's kind of cool. I, I'm, I get to be in a lot of churches, and there's, it's fun to be in churches because you are a body of Christ that is worshiping here, and you kind of have a character and a style and approach to life, and I get to drop in, and I get to worship with you kind of the way you worship. In Cambodia, I worship with the Khmer staff and the Khmer people, and they worship and, and, and praise God in a little different way, a different language, and so it's, it's cool, it's fun to do that. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Look at Matthew nine thirty-five. Uh, and Jesus was going about all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And seeing the multitudes, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and downtrodden like sheep without a shepherd. And he said unto his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, I beseech you by the Lord of the harvest that you go forth. Uh, did I do that right? 935? Did I do it right? Oh, yeah. Verse 35, and Jesus was going about all the cities, teaching in their synagogues, and what does it say? Proclaiming the gospel, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So, he went about preaching the gospel. When you hear the gospel, what do you think of the word the gospel? So, I don't know if you guys talk during church. Sometimes, you know, you're not supposed to talk in church usually, right? but I don't know what you do. But right now while I'm here, it's okay if you want to speak back to me. Don't talk to each other, okay, but talk to me. So 
I'm asking, sometimes I'll ask rhetorical questions, and sometimes I'm being serious, I'm being literal. When you hear the word gospel, what do you think of? Good news, salvation. Anything else? The what? Beginning of a rain. Okay, yeah. The story of Christ. This is this is this too loud or is this are y'all okay with this? It seems really loud to me, but I get kind of excited and speak up. Is it okay? Okay. I got thumbs up, so I guess it's okay. The good news, it, you're exactly right. It's sometimes we think of the gospel as if it's some kind of a special because it's it's kind of a special word for us, right? But the word gospel in, in the Greek actually just means good news. What, what Jesus was doing is he was preaching the good news. It's kind of like saying, hey, I've got good news. Mom bought chicken. I've got good news. I don't have to work next week. It's, I've got good news. I passed my test. It's the good news. It means exciting, good tidings, happiness. It means I've got something really good to tell you. I've got good news. And so it's, it's, quite, it's quite broad. In the, in the Bible, there's a bunch of different times it uses the good news, the good news of God, the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news of his son, the good news of kingdom, the good news of the grace of God, the good news of the glory of Christ, the good news of peace. The Bible's filled with good news, right? And so the gospel is about salvation. I mean, yes, that is the good news. But I want us to talk about and think about what does that good news mean? What is the good news? If I, this is a rhetorical question. I just want you to think about it. Don't say anything. When you hear the good news of Jesus Christ, what do you think of? So the good news of Jesus, the good news is that God loves you. Look at John 3.16. You don't have to look it up. Remember what it says? For God, what? So loved the world that he, gave us his, he, that he gave us his eternal son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Sorry, it's the KJV. Is that okay? That's, I kind of switched to the KJV when it's memory. I usually use the New American Standard, but a long time ago, KJV got stuck in there, and that's what kind of comes out sometimes. For God so loved the world. The good news is that God loves you. The good news, the good news is that he loves me. It's unbelievably, it's unexpected, it's shocking, it's surprising. Do you understand that the creator of the world, the creator of everything, loves you? Not all of us, but you. He loves all of us. He loves each of us. He loves you, he loves me. Why does he love you? Is it because you're just such a good, you're all that? I like what you already said. You've already, if you believe what you've quoted already, you know that's not true. I heard you say it already, right? You know that it's not because of who we are that God loves us. It's not because I'm all that. It's not because I'm, I'm something else. Actually, it's the opposite. God loves because God decided to love us. So the good news of Jesus Christ, the good news is that God loves you and he loves me without regard for what I do. Now, this is the part that's amazing. It's not because I do good. It's not because I've done good. It's not because I'm going to do good. He loves me because God loves me, and he loves you not because you're worth it, not because you're going to be worth it, and what you do won't affect his love for you. Listen, that is amazingly good news. 
You can't do anything to shake the love of God. You can't shake it. it there's nothing you can do to, to, to cause him not to love you. Look at, look at Romans 8, 831. Look at Romans 8.31. What then shall I say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Think about the question just a minute. If God is for us, is there anything to fear? If God is for us, who can be against us? Look at, look at verse 35. Verse 35 says... Um, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, or persecutions, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Verse 38 says, For I am convinced that neither life, not death, nor life, nor angels, or principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is an amazing statement. Do you see what it says? What can separate you from God? Nothing can separate you. And you say, wait a minute. I think I, think I heard that sin separates me from God. I think somewhere, some preacher said that somewhere. Maybe I even read it. Did you know that God's even addressed your sin? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. He has come to us, and the good news of Jesus Christ is that He loves you, and nothing can separate Your behavior, so... Don't, don't move, don't react, don't, don't act like this, but just think of what you did last week. Did you act in a way that was an honorable, a good way? Did you sin last week? You don't have to go back a week for me, I'll just let you know. You don't have to, I don't do weeks at a time without sin. Okay, mine are minutes, hours. So did, did, did that affect your, God's love for you? This verse says, Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And so God loves us. That love is completely, we cannot do anything to, to shut that, to shun that, to move that away. God has decided to love you, and he is loving you, and it is the good news. Are you, are you, are you aware of the good news? Have you reminded yourself of the good news of Jesus? It is that he loves you. Now, I know right now you're thinking about, okay, he's, it's 11, it's 11.07, and we're going to have, are we going to have Italian today, or what are we going to have today? So your mind might be planning lunch. I understand that. I like, I like, obviously I like to eat too, right? So, but can you just come with me a moment and think, huh, have I thought about the fact that God loves me? God loves you. Have, you. have you entertained that thought today in a meaningful way? That is the good news. The good news is that Jesus loves you, is that God loves you. And so that love that God has, what is it? So is it just a mushy feeling? No, it says, for God so loved the world that what? That he acted. Do you see what he did? So God pursues us. So Pursue, does pursue have a good sound to you or a negative sound to you? To pursue. I was pursued sometimes when I was, when I was a kid. My brother would try to pursue me. My brother's younger than I am, but he's taller than I am. And so for a while it worked out for me because I'm older, so I was okay. And then all of a sudden, and so whenever he would pursue me sometimes, he would catch me. 
And he wasn't being nice to me when he pursued. God is pursuing us. So you, in this room right now, there are only two types of people in this room. There are people here that have already accepted the good news. They know the good news, and they have accepted the good news. And then there's another group of people that you would be in are people who haven't accepted that good news. And so what I want us to talk about is God's pursuit of that. God's pursuing you. God's pursuing me. He, so that love causes him to pursue us. Look at Romans 5, 8. Look at Romans 5, 8. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Somebody mentioned that earlier today. This is interesting. God loves us when when you were a sinner already. We were already sinners. We were actively sinning with God, sinning against God, and he loved us. For God commendeth his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, right? And then verse 9 says, Much more than having been now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through his death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. It's not, it's not only that we were sinners, we were actively enemies of God. So God's response to us as an enemy, were, were you, do, do you bristle to the claim that you were an enemy of God? Do you have enemies? Are you an enemy of anybody? Or you are with me, right? Do you have enemies? That's a hard term for me. That's a, I don't want to have an enemy because an enemy is like the bad people that I'm supposed to do all kinds of bad things to, right? But this, this verse says that we were enemies of God. How was it that we were enemies of God? We were defiant to God. We were defiant and we did our own thing. We were sinning against this holy God. And this verse says we were enemies. So we were sinners, and we were the enemies of God. And while we were in that condition, his love came to us. His love caused him to come to us to solve it. It gets worse. Look at Ephesians 2. The good news of Jesus is that in, while you were a sinner, while I was a sinner... While we were enemies of God, God loved us anyway. That's the good news. The good news is that God loves us, and he came to us. Look at Ephesians 2, 1. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So it's not only a sinner and an enemy, but we were dead. Now think with me just a minute. When you're dead, how much do you respond to things around you? Can you help yourself out if you're dead? What is your response to stuff around you? Nothing, right? You can't. Guess what? Our ability to resolve the problem that we had called sin, what was our capacity to resolve that as, as, as what well, we're enemies and sinners? We were dead. You don't respond at all when you're dead. And so this verse is saying that we were absolutely, completely without hope. So if we were in that condition, the good, news, the good news of Jesus is that 
He loves us, and he came to us while we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, and while we were dead. We were totally, completely without hope, and his love caused him to come to us and to meet that need of, of, of sin, to, to bring us to life. Look at, look at that, what that verse says there. Ephesians 2 says, in which you formerly, so verse 1 again, and you who were dead in your trespasses and sin, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience, among whom, among them, we all formerly lived in the lust of the flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ Jesus because you get saved by doing good. Is that what it says? What does it say right there? By faith, by grace, you have been saved. Notice what he said. We were in this condition of a sinner, of an enemy, and dead. And God, because of his great love, came to us and brought life back to us and gave us life, gave us, gave us the opportunity to become sons. That's what we're going to talk about next. Is we're, he, what, how does, what does that mean he gave us life? Well, it means he gave us spiritual life, but he, he allowed us to become his children. He became power. He gave us the power to become the sons of God. Um, look at Ephesians. Um, let's see, where is that? Yeah, he, became, he gave us the power to become the sons of God, and we were able to believe in his name, and we became, we became believers. We could become children of God in that regard. So we were, the good news is that God loves us, that that, that love caused God to come to us while we were sinners, while we were enemies, and while we were dead, and he regenerated us. So, those of us that have already accepted the gospel, those of us who already have the Son, that's, that's history lesson. If you were here, though, and you haven't accepted the gospel, that's your future. That's an opportunity for you. I'm, I'm wanting to ask you to consider that today. What have you done? What have you done with the gospel? How have you responded to that love of God, to the good news of Jesus Christ that says, I love you? So the gospel is clearly for the unbeliever, right? I mean, that's, that's what that's all been about. Is the gospel for the believer at all? I mean, once you get saved, that's kind of the ticket you're done with that, right? Right? You should at least say no or throw something at me or something, right? No, the, the good news is that God loves you whether you're a believer or not a believer. The good news is that no matter what you did this morning, God still loves you exactly the same. The good news is that he comes to you. Now, remember how we talked about that I saw, I said, God is pursuing us. My dad would pursue me sometimes. Dad would give me instructions and I didn't know what he had said to do. And guess what? He pursued me. We would have a little conversation. My dad, was, he believed the Bible literally. So when it says, spare the rod, spoil the child, he didn't have a rod. He had a board about this long that he used. And it was, you know what the fancy word, the, the biblical word for it is? Chasten. Ooh, 
That just sounds bad. It sounds kind of scary. It means you're going to be disciplined, right? So here's an interesting thing. God's pursuing the unbeliever to make him his child. Guess what he pursues the believer as? The good news of Jesus is that he loves you. The good news says if you're not a believer, he's pursuing you to make you his child. If you are a believer, he's still pursuing us because he still loves us. And now he's going to chasten us. He's going to help direct us back. He's going to correct us, to discipline us, to bring us back in. Look in Hebrews 12. It makes a, it makes a statement that's a flat statement. So my dad used to always talk about, don't make a flat statement. You know what a flat statement is? You know what I mean by a flat statement? So, so I would say, Dad, could, should we, could we go get some ice cream? I didn't read it that very often because I knew the answer, but once in a while you would ask. Dad, could we go? And he would say something like this, I wish we could. Now, my dad wasn't a lawyer, but my dad was like a lawyer. Did you hear the words I said? I wish we could. Did he say he was going to go get ice cream with me? No. Did he say we were not going to go get ice cream? No. Does he want to go eat ice cream? Maybe. He was the fine print, right? That wasn't a flat statement. He made a state. A flat statement would be, no, we're not going to go get ice cream. A flat statement would be, we always go on Saturday night to get ice cream. Those would be flat statements. Dad always was, he always had to read the fine print. What did he really say in that, right? This is a flat statement. Look at, look at Hebrews, look at Hebrews um, 12, verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. My son... Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you... The what of the Lord? The discipline. Don't you love discipline? I loved it as a kid. It was so much fun, right? He says, don't despise it. Don't despise the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For, for those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Wow. So, God, the good news is that God loves you. The good news is that if you're an unbeliever, if, you haven't, if you're not his child, he's pursuing you to bring him to himself. The good news is that God loves you, and if you are a believer, God is pursuing you to bring him to himself. This verse promises, this verse promises, it makes a flat statement that if you're a child of God, you're going to experience discipline. You're going to experience, have you ever heard tough love? Uh, did y'all, tough love? Yeah? Okay. Everybody's kind of sitting there. I was not sure. It's so bright, you know, I can't see. No, he does love us, and he's coming because he's wanting to bring us to himself. And so he loves us, and he's pursuing us. So whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, the good news of Jesus is for us. God cares, and he wants to pull him back to himself. So he wants us to, to be his child. He's inviting us to be his child. Um, look at John 1, verse 10. John chapter 1, verse 10. John 1, verse 10. It said, and he was in the world. This is about Jesus. And he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world did not know him. And he came into his own, and, his, and those who he 
did own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. So he invites us to become into his child. He wants us to come in there, and then he gives us the power, the authority, the ability to do that. So the love of God is the, the, the love of God is the good news. That is the good news of Jesus, is that he loves us and he's inviting you. So today, if you're sitting there and you're not the son of God, Romans, Romans 10, 13 says, for whoever the Lord... Let's look at Romans 10, 13. I'll quote it in the King James if I do that. Romans, Romans 10, 13 says, for whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart, so look what it says there, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made, resulting in salvation. If you're sitting there today, and you haven't taken the good news of Jesus to yourself, you haven't actually received that good news, I have good news for you. You could do that today. That's an opportunity that you get to have right this minute. If you find yourself a believer that's sitting there and you're like, you know, I haven't been living the way I'm supposed to live. I'm not really seeking the Lord. I have good news for you. God wants to bring you back to himself again and again with that. He is coming to pursue us, and he wants us to do that. And so um, Ephesians 2.8, and then we'll, we'll, we'll start to wrap this up. Ephesians 2.8 says... Um, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, that no one should boast. For we, his, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For by grace are you saved through faith. I've got really, really good news salvation, your sonship, your, your, your childship of God is not based upon your actions. It's not based upon what you do. It's not based upon you earning it or maintaining it. If we're not careful in church, we sometimes get the idea, okay, we get saved because Jesus did the thing on the cross, right? It's, it's okay, I got that part. And then once I get saved, now I got to go earn it. Now I got to make sure I'm staying right. I've got really good news. The gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus is that he loves you and has pulled you without regard for what you're doing. Do you understand? He's already forgiven you of all of your sin. That is already past. He's finished. And he is wanting, he's wanting you to be in relationship with him. So it is really good news. A, a gospel of works, a gospel of works is not good news. If you and I have to do right in order to be right with God, to, in, order to, in order to be his child, that's not, that's not good news because I'm a sinner saved by grace. That's not going to be good news. Good news is that God has pursued you and that he loves you unconditionally without regard for that. Um, so what do you think you should do with the good news? So let's just think a minute. If you were to get a brand new car, somebody give you a really nice car, like a brand spanking new car, what would you do with that good news? I mean, you, you what? 
you tell people, yeah. I mean, you might not tell some people, right? Like, it's like, oh, I don't want to tell that person because I got a new car. But if it's a good news, you're probably going to share that with somebody around you. You're going you're gonna to proclaim that. You're going to announce that. You're going to be telling people about that good news. We should be telling the good news of Jesus to those around us. You know where we should start? We should start with ourselves. We should, tell, we should speak the good news to us. We should remind ourselves of that. Because God loves me, guess what I do? Because God loved me, I love him. He first loved us, right? And so because of that, I need to, I need to remind myself, do you need to tell unsaved people about the gospel? Absolutely. That's part of the package. But it's not just for the unbeliever. Mark says, Mark says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Preach means to announce, to declare, to state. To preach the good news. So the disciples, remember whenever the Pharisees were there, the Pharisees had a question for Jesus. They were going to trick him. They said, what's the great commandment? And what did he say? Love God. And then the second one is likened to it is what? Love thy neighbor. He said, the, all the laws and the prophets hang on that. In other words, that's the anchor. All the rest of the stuff is the kind of the details that that gets worked out. If you're loving your neighbor, you're going to share with them the good news. So I want to, I want to, we're almost finished. I got about three minutes maybe. I want to broaden a second. What does it mean, the good news? Sometimes, I have to say, I've done this before. Sometimes, we simply want to do something to, to kind of check it off of our list. To sort of kind of say, I did my thing. So you, you, you meet somebody and you say, hey, are you, are you going to heaven when you die? And the guy looks at you and you say, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to hell. You need to get Jesus. And you walk out. Now, you may not do it quite that way, but you do it in a form. Or you just give them a track and, you're, and you, beat, you beat a path. Is that giving the gospel? Is that the good news of Jesus? No, they can't receive that. The good news of Jesus is me spending time with them. The good news of Jesus is me forgiving my neighbor when he does something that offends me, something that was not good. The good news is me being patient with my kid or patient with my coworker, or, or to be gracious to the church member who's sitting in my seat. Do you have seats in here that are yours? Isn't that weird how we sit in a seat? And we get, what's really weird is we get kind of hacked off when things don't work our way. Listen, I think the good news of Jesus causes you and I to be gracious to those around us. Is it the gospel? Yes, it's the gospel. The, the, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Is it the ticket to heaven? The way we get to heaven? Yes, but it's... It's broader than that. It also impacts the way I drive. It impacts the way I engage my children. We need to teach the gospel, the good news of Jesus, in our family, in our friends, our neighbors. It's me living the gospel, me living the good news, which means God loves me. Guess what I'm supposed to do? Love them. That means I have their best interest at heart, and I'm expressing that to them in that way. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, we love you because you loved us first. Love, thank you, Lord, thank you for your love for us and for your activity and your pursuit of us. Lord, thank you that you seek us. 
Lord, help us to respond in the way that is, that is honoring to you. And Lord, if somebody's in this, in this room and they, they have not accepted, they have not believed in Jesus that they could have eternal life, Lord, work in their hearts, convict their heart, Lord, give them that, that inclination, that desire, Lord, that they would then seek you, Lord, help them to respond in, in, to you. Uh, Lord, and then those of us that are already on our way to heaven, Lord, help us to be, to be renewed and to, to, to be encouraged that, that you love me. Lord, help that to impact us, to, to cause us to be, to be Christ-like in all of our dealings with other people because you live within us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.